I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of Working Conversations. Today, my mission is to set the record straight on the so often misquoted research that only 7% of our communication comes from our words and the other 93% is nonverbal. Yes, my friends, that is right. I am here to set the record straight. This is one of the hugest, biggest urban legends in communication, psychology, and human behavior research that is out there. I am here to tell you all about where it came from, why it's wrong, and the nuggets that we can take away from that original research that do help us understand human communication and human behavior better. So let's go way back to 1967 at UCLA. Dr. Albert Morabian was the professor who conducted the original research that this is based on. Again, this goes back to 1967. Now, before we dive into it, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Morabian. So Dr. Albert Morabian has a Bachelor of Science and a Master of Science in Engineering that he got from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT, and he holds a PhD from Clark University. He spent his career at UCLA, where he is currently Professor Emeritus, and if you're not familiar with that term emeritus, it means that he's retired, but he still holds the honorary title of professor, the title that he had during his active time on the faculty at UCLA. Now again, going back to this urban legend, I'm sure that you've heard it, that 93% of our communication is nonverbal and only 7% of the meaning that we create with each other is based on the words we use. And you might have even heard it broken down more specifically like this. 7% of our communication is verbal, 38% is vocal, and 55% is visual. That 55% and 38% adding up to the 93% being nonverbal. Now, this claim or this formula, if you will, has been cited in communication textbooks, psychology textbooks, really all across the social science sciences, and it's been quoted by thousands of so-called experts on communication and human behavior as they try to use that formula to explain how our communication works. And again, I am here to set the record straight. So Dr. Moravian and his colleagues did a series of, of experiments in 1967. And if you actually read his research, as I have done, you will see that he was studying emotional meaning and social support. And he did just a few experiments with a couple of dozen undergraduates looking at how they communicated when they were providing emotional support to one another. That's where these numbers come from. A couple dozen undergraduates in experiments in 1967. Again, a couple dozen undergraduates in experiments that are decades and decades old. Now, even Dr. Morabian 
says that his work has been misinterpreted and misused. As Dr. Morabian stated in some correspondence with David, with Dr. David Lapuko, who is a professor at Augsburg University in Minneapolis, who spent considerable time and effort unraveling this urban legend and this academic legend, Dr. Morabian says, quote, my findings are often misquoted. Clearly, it is absurd to imply or suggest that the verbal portion of all communication constitutes only 7% of the message. Suppose I want to tell you that the eraser you are looking for is in the second right-hand drawer of my desk in my third floor office. How could anyone contend that the verbal part of this message is only 7% of the message? End quote. So Morabian himself says he was studying emotional meaning and social support, which is what we're doing some of the time in our communication with one another, but certainly not all of the time. And plus, the study involved just a couple of undergraduate, uh, just a couple of dozen undergraduate college students. We can't take this as a serious representation or a serious representative sample of the population or of the situations we find ourselves in, especially at work. I mean, sure, sometimes, especially when we've created friendships at work, we are providing social support to our colleagues at work. And when we're saying things like, how was your mother's recent hip surgery? Or, oh, I'm so sorry to hear your cat died. And those kinds of things, we absolutely do that some of the time at work, but most of the time at work, we are not providing social support. We are getting the work of our organizations done, which cannot be based only 7%, which we cannot say only 7% of our communication at work is based on our words alone. So there you go. I mean, that's the basic debunking of this research. And that was rather quick, okay? In five minutes, I'm able to completely debunk this research for you and set the record straight. Now, I do want, I, I don't want to just leave it at that because there is some tremendous value in the work that Dr. Morabian did. There are some valuable takeaways that we can glean from this research. Let's start first with the three V's. The three V's are alive and well. This is a very useful breakdown of how communication occurs, that part of it is verbal, that is based in the words we use. And the words we use have everything to do with our very specific word choice, like choosing words that are not going to trigger somebody into an emotional state that we don't want them to go in. Verbal also has to do with acronyms and terms of art that we use in our work. Certain subject matter experts have very specific words that they're going to use to refer to areas within their work that the rest of us, if we don't have that same subject matter expert uh, expertise, might not understand. So that is the verbal component of our communication. And absolutely, this is a critical sort of taxonomy for us to be thinking about, the verbal, the vocal, and the visual. So the verbal is a part of it. Again, it's based in our words, it's based in our acronyms, our terms of art, and so forth. Then if we think about the vocal as this as a second component of our communication, vocal includes our tone of voice, our speed, our pacing, our inflection, and so forth. And in fact, one of my favorite examples of talking about vocal is if I'm saying a sentence, something like, um, why didn't you say something in the meeting? The word that we put the emphasis on has everything to do with the meaning that gets created in that question. Let's listen in a few different ways. Why didn't you say something in the meeting? Why didn't you say something in the meeting? Why didn't you say something in the meeting? 
Why didn't you say something in the meeting? Why didn't you say something in the meeting? Why didn't you say something in the meeting? Okay, you see, those six different ways I said the same question had six different meanings. And that, my friends, is the power of the vocal component of communication. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So there's so many things that we can glean and learn from the vocal component of communication. You could think about this as using your voice as a musical instrument. There is so much you can do with vocal that is going to infuse your verbal message with additional characteristics. So in fact, when people are missing each other in verbal communication, that is verbal only. So for example, email communication or text communication. If you just simply switch over to a communication channel that's going to include vocal, like say, for example, leaving the person a voicemail message or calling them on the phone, you're going to get that vocal in there. And so they're going to hear your goodwill, your positive intent, whatever it is that might be getting missed if you're using words alone, just simply in the tone of voice that you're using as you deliver that message aloud rather than in text only. Okay, so we talked a little bit about verbal, we've talked a little bit about vocal. Now let's talk about visual. Visual would be the nonverbal behavior that you can see, the person's gestures, eye contact, facial expressions, and all of that. You could think about this as if you were watching a show on television and you turned the volume down. You can still generally tell what's happening just by watching the visual communication. And again, our visual communication is terribly important And when we are making eye contact with somebody, when we are smiling or perhaps even showing a a look of confusion with our brows knit together, these additional cues really help the speaker interpret how we're listening to them. Or if we're the one delivering the message, if we're delivering that message with an upbeat uh, look on our face, then the person is more likely to take that message with, with a sense of goodwill, even if we're delivering a somewhat difficult message. So the three V's, so that's our first takeaway from this, is the three V's are alive and well. And this is a helpful taxonomy or a you know breakdown of how our human communication works. We're operating on these three channels, provided we're doing using communication that uses all three of them. If we are in text-based communication only, where we are just relying on our words or that verbal channel, say, for example, in email, um, in a chat room with somebody, in a... Uh, 
um, a series of texts that we're going back and forth. Well, we don't have as many social cues to rely on. We're not using that vocal channel and we're not using that visual channel. So our likelihood of being misunderstood goes up considerably. And one of the ways we can use the three V's is with what I call Janelle's rule of three. And this is all about not taking more than three turns in one channel if we start to miss each other. So for example, if I email you and you, so I took the first turn in that exchange of communication. So that's one turn. You read that email and you go, man, she is really throwing me under the bus, man. She's blaming me for something I didn't do. And you reply back that you took the second turn. And I can see in that message that you are uh, feeling de uh, perhaps defensive, upset, and so on. And uh, instead of doing what, what many of us will do is like hit reply and copy everybody's boss on it and keep that, you know, keep that miscommunication going in that same channel. No, 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 no. I'm going to use Janelle's rule of three. That is, I am not going to take the third turn. It's certainly not the fourth or fifth in that same channel where we are missing each other. I'm going to amp up and move into a channel where we can at least have the vocal cues or if, if we are face to face and I can be in person with you to use the vocal and the visual or hop on a, uh, a video chat with you. So I will then pick up the phone for that third turn and say, hey, I think we're totally missing each other on this. I didn't mean to cause any trouble here. What I meant was, and then we can just sort it out using, and even if I leave you a voicemail, you'll hear my tone of voice, you'll hear my goodwill and my positive intent. So again, that's Janelle's rule of three. And that really helps disassemble miscommunication. Don't let it go three turns or more if there is some miscommunication in that channel. Amp it up to a channel that has more fidelity. So the three, and that's just one of the ways that we can use the three V's. Um, these, think of them all as tools in your communication toolbox. You've got the verbal channel, the vocal channel, and the visual channel. We should be using all of them and we should be intentional about their use. When all three channels are firing the same message, our communication is said to be congruent and it is highly trustworthy when what we're saying matches our tone of voice, matches our visual communication, our eye contact gestures, and, and so forth. So in our tech-mediated world, again, it is so easy to become over-reliant on that verbal channel alone with text messages, emails, and so forth, and, and, and miss the additional nuance that the vocal and the visual can bring to a message. So what can we do with that? Again, move it over to a phone call, a video chat, or again, when we're in person, a face-to-face communication and face-to-face -face conversation. So up the fidelity from text only, especially when you're missing each other. Well, as you can tell, I have a little bit of passion around this topic. There you have it. That 7%, 93% rule debunked, absolutely debunked. And now that you know the truth, you have been officially deputized by me to help spread the word. If you ever, and I absolutely mean ever, hear someone saying that 93% of human communication is nonverbal or that only 7% of communication is based on our words. You are now required to send them a link to this podcast and set them straight. Send them over to workingconversations.com forward slash five for episode five. It is that important to me that we debunk this misuse of academic research and that we debunk this urban legend. 
Oh, there you have it. Go forth as a deputy of this work and tell people. And by all means, please send people over to this podcast if you think this would be helpful for them. I really want to get the word out, not only about debunking this 7% rule, but I also just want to reach more people with messages about making the workplace a much more functional place to live and inhabit and, uh, you know, just play nice and get along with one another. All right, until next time, take good care and go get after it. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.